It's the truth on WTMJ with Dr. Ken Harris. You're hollering at me and you hurt my feelings. Oh, so my gosh. So there. Dr. Ken's mind is fine as age mind, let me tell you. And Denise Thomas. Denise makes what? Too much <laughs> Duet. Like, ah. don't go breaking my heart. Elton John and... I wouldn't if I tried. Yes, right. duet. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studio at the Avenue. Here's Dr. Ken Harris and Denise Thomas. Did she ever sing? Like, did, 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 I, I thought we was going to have a dance-off or a sing-off or a turn-off. That's quite the intro. A turn-off. That's quite. You're listening to The Truth the on TMJ. I'm here with Denise Thomas. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. Okay, is that good? Is that good? Is that good? Okay. Can you hear me? Yes, Dr. I can Ken? hear you. I can hear you just fine. Okay. You were just talking <laughs> over me. But I didn't hear you talking. I'm so glad for us to reunite. I feel like it's been an <laughs> we ain't extremely in a long time. Yes, we have. Oh, you don't remember how on TMJ or excuse me, the truth, how when I was talking about I got asked out or no, I think Denzel Washington had called me <laughs> and you said, has Denzel Washington and I quote TMJ <laughs> listeners, she, still this was Dr. Ken's immediate response when I said that Denzel Washington had called me and asked me out for a date. We all know I was joking. Everyone else was like, yeah, laughing. Dr. Ken's response, has Denzel Washington recently gone blind? <laughs> that was his response. That wasn't, that wasn't nice. I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh, we got you, though. With the... When? With what? <laughs> I'll have to say the lakes. We were talking about Noah's Ark, and we were like, we should ask Dr. Ken how it was to be on the boat when that's Noah. All that's all y'all came up with? And then we talked about I you and Moses. It, I would expect it something You and Abraham. Better. Something that you would and Abraham fall off, crash their car. Eh? Yeah, they okay. were. They were laughing hysterically. Yeah. It's okay, Doctor Ken. You're a wise man. Do I look like I'm bothered by that? <laughs> Do I look like I'm bothered by that? Absolutely not. Now I would say something, but I'm not. I'm I'm gonna be nice today. Thank you. Until she says something, a- then I'm a jacker like a. Anyway, I'm just. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say what I say. Hey. Well, I still love you, though. Yeah, I still love you, Doctor Ken. That's beside the point. That's why we argue because we love each other. That's exactly. When we when we stop arguing, arguing, let's get nervous. Speaking of which, I think like you and I are going to argue quite a bit today. I doubt it. I'm a contrarian. Well, Come on. There's well, okay. So before we get into the former Milwaukee police officer. Michael Mattioli, who was found not guilty of homicide in the death of Joel Acevedo. Is that the correct pronunciation? Acevedo. Before we get into that, Dr. Ken, as a former law enforcement officer, I read a headline this morning. And TMJ listeners Please let me know if you've if you've seen this headline as well and how you feel. The WTMJ Old National Bank, get old, talk and text line is 855-616-1620. And 
The headline is very disturbing. And it's basically talking about in Los Angeles. And I don't, I don't want you to think, well, Los Angeles is Los Angeles, Denise. It's not Wisconsin. I don't feel that this is an isolated issue, but over the past 24 hours in Los Angeles, Dr. Ken, there have been four suicides among police officers, 24 hours, four suicides last week. Correct. And, you know, there's so much speculation in terms of what's causing this. But the number one reason was post-traumatic stress disorder and not having the resources, according to the Los Angeles Deputy Sheriff's Office, not enough resources to address or provide the type of therapy or mental health care that it would be required. And he further goes on to say that this is a stressful, is extremely stressful job based on the number of mass shootings, the lack of police officers that are available. And again, the enhanced mental health resources for officers when they need help. What, so my question to you, Dr. Cannon, again, I want TMJ listeners, if you, if you're familiar with this as well, why are we now just talking about this? Because mass shootings, the increase in crime have continued to increase over the past roughly, I would say, 10 or 15 years. And by the way, Dr. Ken, there was no correlation between the the police officers who killed themselves. These were all like within the Los Angeles Department of or police department, but they were not like on the same assignment or didn't, you know, they weren't partners. What are your thoughts? Hmm. I'm going to go to break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you um, my understanding of it. Um, a few revelations and what I think the cause is and what the solution should be. Thank you. Because it's it's so, um, well, it, it's one of those hidden things. It's, it's, I'm not equating it. It's like domestic violence, right? You suffer mm-hmm. in silence, that kind of thing. So when we come back. Because. And, I'm sorry, go ahead. Just, just really quick. I know we got to take a break. Because what they're basically saying is that police officers do to, and I'm, I know you're going to chime in on this as well, are working up to 70 hours per week. And when I read that alone in, in an industry where you see a lot of crime and, you know, things that are disturbing 70 hours a week and you talk about stressful job and then they have to go home to their families. I am so, so I am leaned in to hear your perspective, Dr. Ken, when we come back from break. All right. You're listening to you the are listening. I'll, I'll, let ladies go for, I'll let ladies go first. <laughs> you are listening to the truth segment on WTMJ 620. When we come back. We're going to hear Dr. Ken's perspective on what is causing this rapid increase of suicide among law enforcement, also known as police officers. 
Welcome back to The Truth on WTMJ. You're listening you are to, listening to the truth. On <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike. Yes, they do. He hung up. Okay. No, call her. Call back. Call back. Old National Bank talking text line is eight five five six one six one six twenty. Old National Bank, get like me, get old. Ah. I ah. love it. At least you're embracing it. At least I, I'm proud of you. I've always embraced it. It's a blessing to be as old as I am. That's why I don't listen to young folk. <clears throat> anyway, I'm not young. I'm not that I was far trying from to, you. I was trying to give it to you, but you know, if you don't want to take it, I'll take it. I back. embrace. I embrace the the five zero is right around the corner. I know that. I get right. it. Before break, because mm-hmm. I, I look. I mm, we're not going down that rabbit hole. All right. Before break. First of all, I hope everyone is having a great weekend, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Truth Segment on WTMJ with Dr. Ken Harris and myself, DT, also known as Denise Thomas, the effective communication coach. We were discussing that in Los Angeles, in 24 hours, as of last week, in a, in a period of 24 hours, there were four suicides among police officers. And these police officers were not... In terms of their relationship, they weren't correlated. The suicides were not regarded as correlated. So because we have Dr. Ken, and if you remember or recall, or you may not know, Dr. Ken is a retired law enforcement officer who served how many years, Dr. Ken? Uh, 24 years with Milwaukee and about five and a half, six years with State Fair Park. And let me just say this. Because it's one thing for someone to have, and I'm doing the air quotes, served, or excuse me, had the title of law enforcement officer. But I have literally been out on assignment with Dr. Ken in the Milwaukee area, and I've seen existing police officers walk up to Dr. Ken, ask him how his family's doing, you know, share their respect for for him as a law, a former law enforcement officer. So... From a credibility standpoint, he's got it. He's got the respect of existing and retired law enforcement officers. I've seen it with my own eyes. So with that, let's get into it. Dr. Ken, Well, first, what is causing? Yes. Thank you. First of all, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But you're saying I mean, that's what's, the truth. what's causing the suicides or... Well, from your lens, what do you think is causing? Because here's what the the reports are saying. And I was like, uh, yeah, it's a stressful job. There is a lack of what they're using the term enhanced mental health resources and incentives for officers to choose to take advantage of mental health. They're saying that I'm working 70 hours a week. I've got a family at home, Dr. Ken. When am I supposed to make time? What's the incentive for me, for me to take advantage of mental health care? And I know you're going to bring this up too. They have a budget of 
let's say enough to to take care of 17,000 in police officers in Los Angeles and only 4,000 are are actively out there what do you call it in the field versus in the office right right and they've escalated the hiring they've tried to you know do a lot of uh you know recruiting initiatives but again during all of this since 2021 there have been at least two suicides per year so now we're at a total of nine members of the police department in los angeles that have committed suicide and i don't think this is an isolated issue because That's we all correct. know that that it, it happens a lot so again this stigma around mental health combined with lack of resources combined with police officers not knowing how to even engage or make the time what do you think from your lens is causing this and what to your from your perspective is a solution or is the solution i think many times people make the assumption and fill in the gaps based on their experience. And so law enforcement experience is just, is just a, it's just a different animal. Um, there's a distinct difference in the police officer prior to say 2025 and today. Uh, there's a distinct difference in age, um, job, all those things. These stressors haven't not been there. Like, like COVID didn't, didn't and and I'm not downplaying COVID, but COVID didn't really like make you work in an environment that wasn't stressful or was more stressful because it's already stressful. That's that's one. Number two, seventy hour weeks are fairly normal. You adjust your time, you adjust your family life. There there's certain um, trainings that police departments hold where your family comes in and they say, "Hey, this is what this is, and this is the emotional." Um, things you have to do so when they come home and do this, you know, you have tools to use it. Many police departments have uh, what what we call in Milwaukee police officer support teams. So, and and after many um, significant incidents, um, we have a debrief where we bring every single person that was there from from the the supervisors all the way down to the person dispatching if you were it's interesting that you bring that up dr ken i have to interject because one of the reasons that police departments and again this is not just los angeles this is philadelphia this is florida uh, the pulse nightclub shooting that took place in florida when the police officer said that he did not feel as though he could go to his superior and let him know that he was unfit for future, you know, duties because he was one of the police officers that mm-hmm. responded mm-hmm. to the shooting. Mm-hmm. He saw the horrors of the gunman that killed 49 people, wounded a dozen of others, mm-hmm. and he was, you know, inside the nightclub. So when you talk about that, it, it appears as though there's a gap or there's this there's this mindset that if I go to my supervisor and ask for help regarding my mental health, I'm going to be maybe seen as weak no. or incapable. No. no. Okay. I think, I think that that's something that many officers think, but in the end, um, I believe police officers have enough courage to step up and say, I'm not, I'm not up to doing this. I've literally known off the top of my head, 10 officers 
in the past probably 10 years. Let me see. I've been gone for about six years. So I've known at least over the past 10, 15 years, at least 10 officers who said, hey, I need to check out today. I need to work inside. I'm, 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 I'm not having a good day. Um, I'm going to go talk to Post. This isn't really – I mean, com- conversations with Post are confidential, number one. Number two, if you tell your supervisor, your supervisor is going to refer you. They're going to call Post and say, hey, I need you to call Denise. Denise needs to talk to somebody. And they're done. Like, they're, they're not going to be chasing around you. There's significant training for supervisors to When you say they're done, what do you mean? Like, they, they say, gonna okay. They're going to step out can... of the way, and that's between the two of you. That's a private session. Okay. And it's confidential gotcha. and all that. I think what's happening is there are other ingredients that are coming into the issue. It may be an addition to, it, it may be an addition of, of family pressure, divorce, um, money issues, things of that nature, right? But that's always been there. I think. What, I was going to say, but again, you're, these are all things that have always existed. What is exactly. the difference now? Like, what's causing police officers? We have social media. We have media mm. who follow the police relentlessly now. So every single thing that mm. happens gets reported. If you look over time, spree shootings, mass shootings have always happened. We've never had the media or the social media or the technology to literally have something like right now, something happens and Wyatt Barmore Pooley puts it on digital and your phone blinks like within 30 seconds. So, so how does that cause me as a police officer to then, you know, and again, I'm not disregarding the, the role that media, social media has played, but I'm still trying to understand because when you say things like it's always happened, Okay, let me. This is the truth segment. So well, let me just the, say it this people, way, Doctor Kim. Yeah, go ahead and say it so we can go to break again. <laughs> <laughs> Police brutality amongst black men has has always existed. But it's, okay, I'm not saying all police officers. I'm saying that it has always correct. existed, but it's getting more correct. attention now because of right. technology. You have you have and cameras so, on. And so cell people phones. think that it's happening more when you just know about it more. But mass shootings, in terms of how it has escalated, you know, we're at like, what, 573 mass shootings mm-hmm. in this country mm-hmm. to date. Mm-hmm. I don't recall, and I, you know, I've been around for a little bit. I don't recall all the, the number of mass shootings that are occurring now in terms of the last five years, mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago. But that anomaly between the Obama administration and the Biden administration is when the, comp- the, the the country separated in terms of race and all those issues started to rise up. But pre that, there there were there were shootings in four or five. Like I've been to several of them, and they didn't report it on the news. It didn't show up on. Well, we didn't have social media because that was back with Noah. Anyway, um, they they didn't, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they didn't have all that stuff. So I think what's happening is that because the the euphemistic you. Noticed it now. Oh, my God, it's happening. Well, it's not. The frequency is not as high as people think. Not downplaying that. What 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 it comes down to is we have a different type of officer today than we had 20 years ago. 20 years ago, it was a suck it up buttercup. You better just rock it. And if you need some help, you know, you go get help. That's what you were told. And that's what you did. I think part of it is that many times officers only hang out with each other. 
They they bowl together. They eat together. They do everything. And sometimes, as I was taught, because I have people in my family in law enforcement, hey, when you hang out, yeah, separate yourself. Go teach. Go go back to school. Go go out of town. And officers, we've we've had classes at MPD where you had to go to it. And you could bring your family. And these are the things they told you. And I think that's why in Milwaukee, the suicide rate is significantly lower than other places because they do a really good job at doing that. But I'm getting looked at by um, the producer that he's going to hit me with a feather before we go to break and then take okay. the news. Because so. I, I really appreciate you sharing your perspective. Um, we do have some, some things coming in on the talk and text line. There's a question for you, Dr. Ken. When we come back. We want to hear from you. The, the talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Let us know. You need to call in or text. Let us know what questions you have, your perspectives. Should we, as law-abiding, tax-paying citizens, really raise our concerns mm-hmm. for local law police officers to have more, if not existing or amplified or increased incentives to talk about their mental health state, their state of their mental health? We'll be back. Stay tuned. More to come. Back to the truth on WTMJ. You are listening to the truth segment on WTMJ. I am your co-host, Denise Thomas, the effective communication coach, along with the Dr. Ken Harris. We are discussing, and I, I will, I'm going to use the word, and this is my opinion. This is my perspective. I'm not a clinical uh-uh. doctor. This is like a, an epidemic of when you, you have a spread of something that is negatively impacting people, you know, human beings' ability to just not only, it's not even thriving, just living and existing. And I'm talking about a recent article that I read that basically reported over last week in Los Angeles, four former and current police officers out of Los Angeles, again, California, died by suicide in a 24-hour period. That is an alarming headline. And I was asking Dr. Ken, who was a former law enforcement officer, 24 years, served in Milwaukee, four years at the Wisconsin State Fair. What do you think is causing this? And what is the solution? So we, we've talked about, just to recap, that this, is, this has always been an issue in terms of police officers navigating through post-traumatic stress disorder based on what, you know, they've been assigned to or responded to, whether it be a mass shooting. I know, for example, and I, I always, Dr. Ken, I always don't like to bring this up. Well, then don't bring I it up. To, well, I, I need, I was going to say I need to, because, you know, it's relative to this, to your point. And it's cathartic. Um, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll go ahead. Yeah, this I, I, I got to just say this. So I worked with a woman who was married to one of the investigators of the Jeffrey Dahmer case. 
And there were a number of police officers. And this took place, what, in 1992? The trial? 91. Yeah, 91? 91, yeah. And she had shared with me that there were a number of police officers that retired as a result of what they witnessed during the investigation of the Jeffrey Dahmer murders. And I'm bringing that up because, you know, you say these type of horrific crimes, whether it be a serial killer, a mass shooting, they've always existed. However, we now have a new element known as social media. Yep. And you've got self-proclaimed journalists who take, you know, footage. And so that that's an element of what could cause this increase. What's the solution? Now that we've talked about the what and the so what, what's, what's the now what, Dr. Ken? The now what do you what, think from your lens? The now what is, I think, every law enforcement officer, first of all, every single department needs a system to, for outbound officers, officers leaving. If you're leaving the department, if you're retiring from the department, if you get fired from the department, you need a three-day, you got to go to this course and you got to sit down and we got to walk you through what's going to happen during that transition. The one thing that disturbed me, first of all, let me, let me publicly say, because I didn't say it 9,000 times, I have ADHD. I've been, I've been diagnosed, went to a therapist and they talk and go through all your background and all that stuff. But the reason why it never manifests itself is because on the job, it's like it's a it's an ADHD dream. Every five minutes, something different happens. You're interrupted every 15 minutes. Every time you go to a different call, every single day is different. So it never manifests itself. I was always in my zone. Oh, you got a lot of stuff done and you did this and did that. Well, that's because I had to get distracted. I'm doing this. And then Denise said this and I got to go over here. Then I got to call over here and I got to and it and it fed it until I retired. Mm. And then you start That's missing. Then you start being late all the time, or you miss this, or you have an appointment you missed, or you fall asleep, or you stay up late. Those kind of things manifest. On top of that, and this is my opinion, every single officer that retires or leaves has some level of post-traumatic stress disorder. And I've been diagnosed with a mild case of post-traumatic stress disorder. And I try to explain to people, well, why are you always going and teaching and why are you always doing this and traveling and all that? I said, because you have to ch- you have to break up your life. You have to break up the monotony. You have to mm. recognize those signs that say, hey, these are the great things that come with it. Like, OK, pe- let me stop you right there, because what you just said is what police officers don't have access to. Yes, they do. They don't have. The- well, let me clarify when I say they don't have access to. Being able to say, you know what, let me break up and take a break and maybe go take, you know, my my wife and kids to Disney World. I'm being hypothetical. Right. But most police officers, until they retire, don't have that advantage. Yes, they do. They have they have time off. How are you they working 70 hours a week and you're able Listen, they're working 70 hours a week because they're doing overtime because they like doing overtime. That's the average. Some coppers work 40 hours a week. Some coppers work 140 hours a week. 
I knew people that made $200,000 a year on a salary that was $65,000 at the time because they loved overtime. Now, watch this. They're divorced, but they they went, they loved going to court. They did on their off day. That's you. Now, we have mechanisms in place now that say if you work a certain amount of hours in a row, you have to take the day off. Like, there's no, you don't you don't get to, well, you know, I still want to come back. And, no, you can't do it. Like, literally, the what, supervisor. What police officer, I'm asking, what police officer, mm-hmm. traditionally and just generally speaking, can say, you know what, I'm going to go teach a class this evening. Or I'm going to go start, you know, being an adjunct no, 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 professor. No, 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 you can at- do those things within the department. You can go teach at the academy. You can go to training outside, all on duty. Things that take you away from, from um, you know, pounding the pavement all day. So why are they not? Because they're choosing not to. See, you really have to understand something that the onus is on the police officer to take a break. Like, dude, mm. woman, that's okay. on you. So if something bad happens, with all due respect, you knew it. That's on you. You are a grown man or woman. You have to speak up. It's not like you weren't taught to speak up for yourself or speak up for other people. It's time to do it. To our to our valued TMJ listeners, our old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. We're going to take a break. We come back. Do you agree with Dr. Ken? Should police officers be more accountable and own the fact that they choose to work a trillion hours a week or they choose not to break up the monotony of seeing horrific crimes and, and tragedies? What's your opinion? Is it their choice or do they need more education and support? We will be back. And when we come back, we are going to hit the talk and text line. This is The Truth on WTMJ. You're listening to The Truth on TMJ. Dr. Ken Harris, Denise, the effective communication coach, Thomas. So before the break, we were talking about uh, police officer deaths, and I wanted to really quick before we hit the question on the talk and text line, um, on average, <clears throat> I don't have that number for deaths. In 2011, it was 72, 49 the next year, 27 the next year, 51. There are so many instances that go into, and if you break it down to did they die in a car crash, did they die as a shooting, did they die um, after an injury five days later, like all those things take into account. Just glancing at it, the average looks to be somewhere around 50, maybe a little less, 40, between 45 and 55 on average between 2011 and 2022, with the highest being 73 and the lowest being 27. And you can't count 2023 yet. It's not over, but we've had 24 law enforcement officer deaths. There, There is um, – people should understand that on average – Officers understand and know when they wake up and go out that they can be killed or injured. And it's something that they do every day. But but the bottom line is it fluctuates because and, and the highest was during COVID in 2021. You know, we had riots and all sorts of things going on. So there's some anomalies in that if you pull some of those anomalies out, you'll 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 see an average of you know, 50, 55. And it's important to remember all life is precious. Doesn't matter who you are. And 
I I I don't I don't want to sound like it's just cut and dry, but for most police officers, it's cut and dry. If you need help, you know, we need to ask for help. And so the talking text line says, was Dr. Ken on the cutting edge of realizing that law enforcement has become an often impossible, thankless, disrespected and overly and ever increasingly dangerous public service career when he decided to leave that profession years ago? Um, Honestly, it's always been that way. You knew going in. Police are not firefighters. No disrespect to other public servants, but police are not firefighters. You have to be a self-starter. Think about the fact that if a, if a and I'm using this as a bizarre example, if a, if a firefighter shows up, the fire lieutenant or the captain or the battalion chief tells them everything to do. Plank this here, go over there and do that. Whereas when an officer shows up, an officer could be 50 years old or 30 years old. But when they show up, when you see the badge and the gun and the uniform, that person's in charge. Think about that. People instantly acquiesce all of their rights and power to somebody that just showed up. The problem is the 30-year-old might have been on eight years and the 50-year-old might have been over on eight weeks. You have no way of knowing. But the nature of the job is that you're in charge. Is it impossible? Mm, Not really. Is it thankless? Absolutely. That's why you have to be a self-starter. Are you disrespected? So? Well, let me, let me say this, because former police commissioner, two former police commissioners in both Baltimore and New Orleans, basically echoed what you said. And, and I'm paraphrasing their statements, but they said they've already gone, they, they've already went through something emotionally, mentally, spiritually from the first day in their roles. However, we don't want to have policies that then feel like we're punishing them when they come to us and say, I need help. Correct. And they're saying that for many police officers, again, they feel as though, you know, it, it, it could be something that would reduce their credibility or even regard as a police officer. Now, so far this year in the United States, 86 police officers have committed suicide. They have died mm-hmm. by suicide. Again, this is according to the, the website Blue Help, which tracks U.S. officer suicide. Again, the website is called Blue H-E-L-P. And it says that there are still a number of unreported suicides by at least 25% due to the stigma in police departments around reporting mental health issues, according to Karen Solomon, who co-founded the organization Blue Health. As a citizen, Dr. Ken, TMJ listeners, this concerns me because... And, and you may think this sounds selfish, but <laughs> I rely on the police department to protect and to serve. And when I read these headlines and there is still a fear of consequences when police officers raise their mental health concerns to their superiors and they're not getting the treatment that they need, but yet they are still, you know, you're a hero and. We, you know, you're a police officer. Help, help, help. And they don't even have 
help for themselves, that concerns me as a citizen. But I think it shouldn't because you're talking about um, roughly 565,000 police officers in America and point zero 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 one five. The Again, flip side to that I, is who? How is how is mental health defined? And the, and this statistic here says there's a number of that are under that are not reported. But I don't know who this woman is. I don't know what this organization is, and I don't know what her experience is. So if she's experienced as a therapist dealing with cops versus being a police officer, I know there are, and and we got to take a break in about a minute. I know that there are police officers trained who are licensed professional counselors who will have significantly more information because the officer is more liable to open up to them than to someone who started an organization. I, I don't know this woman. She might be, Wonderful, and, and, and it looks like she's doing a wonderful job assisting officers. We already have an existing shortage of police officers. Mm-hmm. Again, picking on Atlanta, we got to take a break. So as we break, process this. Los Angeles alone has a budget to have more than 17,000 police officers. Only 4,000 are actually employees. So there's a shortage. You get the, the ones that are there are dealing with mental health. When we come back. Again, the old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, wherever you may be, should we be concerned about not only the shortage of police officers, but many are dealing with mental, severe mental health issues resulting in suicide. We'll be back.